I would say one of the beauties of being in the wilderness is it really makes you depend on the voice of God. It really makes you step by step dependent on what he says. So in regards to that question, do I just keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing or do I change courses? Do I change plans? My question to that is, well, what did the Lord say? I ask that all the time and it's astounding how many would respond. Well, I didn't even think to ask him of that. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the word of God and worship in everything. I am so grateful you were here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and you already know I am grateful and honored that you are here. (laughs) Sis, We are at the end of the season. This is episode 99 in Best Kept Secret History, and I am overwhelmed that you have hung with me all season long. This season was not for the faint of heart. We went deep, but it is my prayer that, like myself, you found new vocabulary to discuss hard theological subjects with your community and that you were encouraged to worship through all of it. I don't have a written review to share today, but I do have one that was recorded on an interview I had the opportunity to participate in earlier this spring. When I spoke to a group called Hope Podcasters in May, the interviewer said that she felt like she was at a women's conference Every time she listened in, because there were so many enjoyable components. And y'all, that just warmed my heart for real. I want to thank each and every one of you for sharing the podcast, for nominating friends as guests this year, and for showing up week after week after week. Today, we are going to have one of the most beautiful conversations of the season. And I am so passionate about this conversation. I have not been shy about the fact that I endured an intense wilderness season for approximately two years. And although it has lifted in this current moment, bless God, it's why the scriptures mean so much to me. The scriptures saw me through some of the most difficult darkest days I've ever experienced. And as I was studying David's second exile into the wilderness, I was amazed by his faith. His faith continued to encourage me. His worship continued to encourage me. When his son Absalom took over the kingdom in his rebellion, David became increasingly hurt when he learned that Ahithophel had joined Absalom as a counselor. And as a result, he'd also convinced much of the army to turn against David as well. 
What's interesting is that Ahithophel was most likely Bathsheba's grandfather. In 2 Samuel 11, we learn that Bathsheba was the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And then in 2 Samuel 23, we learn that Eliam was the son of Ahithophel the Gilanite. It seems that Ahithophel held some anger and some bitterness toward David throughout the years and joined Absalom's rebellion quickly when he was given the opportunity. As a result of that bitterness, he harbored against David and how he disgraced his family. And this alliance sent David running back into the wilderness, a place he had not been exiled to since his time under King Saul's leadership. But what happened in 2 Samuel 15, y'all, was even more surprising to me. King David paused on his way into the wilderness and allowed everyone who was traveling with him, which was over 600 men and their families who weren't even numbered, to pass by him, while Abiathar the priest made sacrifices. Y'all, this is powerful. It shows us that we can keep worshiping even when we are on our way into a wilderness season and all of our options feel heavy and impossible to navigate. I don't know whether you are coming out of a wilderness season, feeling like you are on the way into a wilderness season or somewhere in between. But the one thing we learn from David is that the wilderness does not dictate our ability to worship the Lord in everything. Hmm. Worship, sis. Keep worshiping. When we lift our hands, it's a symbol of surrender. And it is one of the most powerful stances that we could ever assume in the Lord's presence. Because we acknowledge that we are at the end of ourselves, even as we exalt him above every emotion we have. I am so grateful that you are here. It's that time, y'all. My co-host Ty and I are back for one last woman you should know. Ty, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad, but how are you? I'm I'm a lot sad, Liv. <laughs> Our last one together now. But we're gonna I'm gonna enjoy the moment. We're gonna enjoy this time together, Liv, because it's been special. And we're going to go out on a bang. So tell us, who is the woman? Ugh, is this going to be my last time asking this question? Okay, I'm not going to I'm not gonna think about it. Tell us, Liv, who is the woman we should know? Friend, I have all the feels. <laughs> but we are going out on a bang because today I get to introduce y'all to my girl, Tona Haywood. Y'all, I need you to follow her. 
my goodness, I just adore and love me some Tona Haywood. Tona is multi-talented, as all of the women who have come through have been. However, I mean, whatever you need, she really can support and help that. She and her husband actually have a digital online boutique where they help people to um, navigate all of the many ways that you have the opportunity to advertise through social media and Google. And their business is just thriving. I mean, they do this for real, for real. They have lots of clients and they are incredible at everything that they do. But she also runs a boutique called Called to Edify. And you need to check this boutique out, y'all. You need to check it out because when you go to her website, you will see some of the most beautiful shirts and sweatshirts, mugs, and get this, pajamas that you could possibly want to buy. And so I have purchased multiple things from her website for different women that I am connected to throughout the holiday season. And I'm looking at those pajamas because, you know, it's the Christmas season that's approaching and I just feel like I need some new pajamas in my life. <laughs> always, always time for a new pajama party. Um, so I... I, I have to point out that Tona is also a poet. And, you know, that warms my heart. Once again, poets unite. And I just, I love the fact that her and her husband's business came because they had a frustration where they couldn't find Christian wall art. So they were like, well, we'll do our own. And it's just, it's encouraging to hear that out of the things that are frustrated or missing, that God unlocks something in us. And it's just amazing to see Call to Edify Boutique be what it is, and I'm sure it will continue to grow. So that blessed me. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. And a portion of all of their proceeds, they're actually donated to the Voices of the Martyrs, which is just one of the most significant ministries that is operating to strengthen the church among those who live where it is most heavily persecuted in this world today. So really love that. Um, but, you know, as we prepare to talk about what it means to worship in the wilderness, it is my hope that we would remember we do need scriptures around us. We do need those reminders to help us remember that even in the wilderness, God is with us. Y'all, my girl, Tona Haywood, is a woman you should know. We're linking everything down below. Although our segment, Women You Should Know, will be going away for a time. It has been an honor to feature many of the women who have encouraged me throughout the year here on the podcast. And I am so excited to not only introduce you to my friend Tona, but to also introduce you to Faith Yuri Cho. If you have not yet encountered her work, Faith Yuri Cho has been a gospel preacher since she was 19 years old. Currently, she is an international speaker, pastor, church planter, author, and CEO of a nonprofit. The mission of her life is for all to know and enjoy the gift of the gospel. 
which is the presence of God. She holds a Master's of Divinity with a concentration in global studies from Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. She has been ministering in the church for 18 years, and she is the CEO and founder of the Honor Summit, a nonprofit organization that equips and activates Asian American women for the mission of God. Alongside her husband, Pastor David Cho, she is the co-founder and co-pastor of Mosaic Covenant Church in New Jersey. Faith is a coach and collaborator for Propel Ecclesia, for which she has also been a contributing writer. She is the author of Experiencing Friendship with God, How the Wilderness Draws Us to His Presence. Faith has spoken on mission fields, churches, conferences, and stages, such as Think Media and Exponential. She regularly appears on TBN's Better Together. And in addition, she has been a guest on The 700 Club and Life Today TV. In January of 2023, Faith was mentioned in Outreach Magazines as one of 20 rising leaders. But her most precious role is being a mom to her four children, Mariah, Elias, River, and Adeline. Would you please help me welcome Faith Yuri Chuck to the best pet seat. All right, y'all, I am just so excited. Y'all already know I say it every single time, but I need you to know I'm so excited about this interview. I have to tell you that I have shared, I pray, I pray about this podcast, I pray about the guests, I pray about everything. But y'all already know, sometimes you wonder, did I did I really hear that from the Lord? Is that what he really said? So I have to tell y'all, I needed somebody to talk on the wilderness. And I was just praying like, Lord God, would you send us someone that's familiar with this subject? And Faith Yuri Cho, I did not know anything that you did. <laughs> not know anything. We have a couple of associations and connections, but I hadn't heard you or anything. Your name just dropped in my spirit. That was the only name. And it was so like clear. And so I went to your website and I have chills even now, but I saw your book and was like, oh my gosh. Wow. And so I just say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your yes. Oh my goodness. Your, your presence is just a confirmation. Y'all, Faith Yuri Cho's new book, her debut book is Experiencing Friendship with God. How the wilderness draws us to his presence. Honey, we are just so <laughs> grateful to talk to you today. How are oh you? I'm great. It's such an honor to be here. And I'm already, I'm already blessed. Like the podcast episode could end right here. Like that story in and of itself. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, we, we need to keep going because we need to pick your brain now. But it. yes, you know, I have now, now that I know who you are, I have listened to all your stuff as much as I could find, listened to some interviews and just so excited about this book. And I know you got started in leadership very, very early on pastoral leadership to be exact. How did you first fall in love with the Lord? Just take us back. Like, how were you introduced to his friendship in the first place? Oh my goodness. I mean, I wasn't born into a Christian home. 
Um, and as a young girl around the age of six years old, I remember, I mean, I never went to church. I didn't hear of the name of Jesus. I mean, but there was just something in me that felt drawn to the beyond that was just curious, man, is there a creator out there? Is there a God out there? And if he is, man, I feel like I got to know him. Um, and I remember just praying, um, starting from that age. I didn't know who I was praying to. Um, and I remember around that season, my family and I, um, we were on a family vacation and as we were in a hotel, my parents were packing up. I was watching a gospel movie on cable television. And I remember as a six-year-old asking my mother, who is that man? And she said, that's Jesus. And I remember telling her, he looks like a very nice man. And I didn't realize it back then because we actually almost died a couple hours later. Like oh our car flipped over twice in the Nevada desert. Like it was, oh, wow. it, but I think there was just something that happened in my life, in the atmosphere where this little girl realized and discovered the name of God. You know, it was just something that was just so threatening to the enemy that I figured out God's name. And I remember from then um, I would I remember once I went to the library and I asked the librarian, do you have any books on Jesus? Because I was just so captivated. Like, who is this man? And the librarian said, you need to go to church for that. Like, we don't have books on that. And so as a little girl, I would get dropped off at church. And that's when my search really began. Um, it wasn't all a fairy tale. You know, it wasn't all um, just unicorns and roses. It was definitely um it was definitely a battle sometimes. It was definitely the wilderness sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that I officially got saved when I was 16 years old um, because although I knew of his name before that, I didn't realize I had to submit to that name. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the difference. I didn't understand that. Um, so around 16, um, that was when I officially became saved and just genuinely started to proactively live for Jesus. And try to really understand what it meant to um, walk with the Holy Spirit. Um, and especially as a young brooding child who didn't have much of a church upbringing, mm -hmm. it was a lot of it was a mystery. And especially when theology doesn't match your experience. You know, they say God is good and he protects you all the time. And then you're like, wait a second, but then why did this happen? It says that if you draw closer to him, he'll draw closer to you in James 4, 8. But wait, how come I, when I prayed, I, I felt like it was just crickets. You know, what does that even mean? And I, so I, I was definitely on this um, 20 year journey of trying to figure out, wait, who are you though? You know, like I, I get who you are. I know you, but I don't know you, you know? Um, and just to even reference this book, I mean, when I was 17 years old, so I got saved when I was 16, when I was 17 years old, I felt like I got this vision as I was in prayer of God showing me books and he, him telling me you're going to be writing books. And I remember thinking back then, well, I don't know if that's something that I, it, it didn't feel like a feasible dream. It didn't feel like something that I would do. 
Um, but it's really interesting uh, because this book is going to be released at the 20 year mark. Um, not exactly to the day, but like (laughs) basically around that month, it was a year mark of God giving me that vision, 20 years of just him and me just 20 years of just learning who he is and realizing, wow, you really are enough. You are enough for that six-year-old girl who didn't have any pastor or church, didn't have any resource. You are enough for that 17-year-old girl who had no connections to the publishing world, um, but had this calling to be an author. Like you, you are enough during depression. You are enough during anxiety. You are enough during a family crisis, during a medical crisis. You are enough when I am stuck in bed. I mean, that was what I've been learning constantly for about 20 years. So finally, I mean, God said, this is, this is the time. This is the year. This <laughs> It's time for everybody else to learn about this journey as well. Yeah. My goodness, he is enough. And this is such a timely message. You know, I have talked with so many people lately that are so discouraged in their faith because they didn't get the big house. They didn't get the material things. They didn't get the marriage. They didn't get the stuff that they were promised come with God. And so I appreciate the message that he is enough, that it's him who we are after. You know, you share the purpose of the waiting is not to get to the promised land. The purpose of the wilderness, of the waiting, of the unknown, of the mystery is to cling to the presence of God. What has that looked like in your life? And what kind of wisdom would you share with our sisters? Oh yeah. I just feel like so much of the Christian content today is like how to become this, how to get that. And a lot of um, the narrative is got to have faith because, you know, it's on you to get to the promised land now, you know, it's like, don't be wandering for 40 years. And I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of the narrative is like, he has more for you. He has dreams for you. He has destiny for you. And I just find that, yes, that's part of it, but that's not the heart of it. Mm. Now that's, that's definitely um, a part of the narrative, but that's not the core of the story because the gift of the gospel is not in your calling. Um, the, the gift of the gospel is not in your missional assignments or the upgrade or the breakthrough. Even the gift of the gospel is the presence of God. And it's really interesting because the Israelites Um, They went through this 40 year journey. And I remember thinking, like, as I was researching about the wilderness, thinking, man, at every angle I could think about this, the wilderness would not be worth it. Mm. You know, I mean, one could say, oh, it was their fault that they didn't get to the promised land. And yes, all that is true. Their pride, their disobedience. Yes, all that is true. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, when you wonder, wait, if they, um, weren't going to be worthy of the promised land, why leave slavery? (laughs) Why, why do the whole thing? Why go through the wilderness? Right. Um, and you realize, wait a second, like, it's just the presence of God. The presence of God was what made them blessed at week one to year 40. 
Uh, The presence of God was the purpose of the wilderness, whether they were in the promised land or not, you know, and I remember, I mean, for me, and I write about it in the book, um, one of the things that really had me wrestle with this was when a one, so I have four kids and when one of them was in um, the NICU as a baby and man, I prayed, (laughs) you know, Uh, and I believe in healing. But just going through that process of praying, but having reality not match what you pray for and really having you question what you learned at church and really questioning your theology. I believe a lot of people wrestle with their theology when they're in the wilderness where they're like, wait, I thought you were good. God, I thought you were kind. God, I thought you were a provider. I thought you were a protector. Like where, where is all of that? I thought you were, you were Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. Where are all of that? Uh, but when I look into my current situation, I just think of abandonment. I think of rejection. I think maybe you're just powerless. Maybe you just don't care. And as I, for myself, when I was in the hospital, um, postpartum, waiting for my child to get out of the NICU, I mean, I really wrestled with this. And I um, I had to really go before the Lord um, and ask myself this question, is he enough? Mm-hmm. Like, is the presence of God enough in this hospital room? You know, and I feel like for a lot of us, we're like, yes, I want Jesus plus this. I want Mm. Jesus plus the answer prayers. I want Jesus plus. And you know what? Like God and his grace and his mercy, he has that for us. Right. But often what the wilderness um, challenges us with uh, is this gift of realizing the purpose of our lives is not to become someone or to get somewhere, but is to know somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So beautiful. So beautiful. It is to know someone, the one. You have shared that if the purpose of your life is to know him, then every season of your life will be significant. You have talked to us about how you, you know, first were introduced to him at that young age of six, how you, you know, then gave your life to him, um, I believe about a decade later, and then went into ministry. I, I know that in between, you know, that period and now, I'm sure that there have been some seasons that felt insignificant. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about any time that you now see was absolutely essential, even though at that time you felt as if it was just insignificant and pointless? Yes, I would say 2020. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So many, so many uh, of our sisters are saying amen right now. (laughs) I mean, um, I mean, I've been through several wilderness seasons, but 2020 rivals them all. It really, um, I remember there was a time when I was in so much pain because we were church planting in 2020. Wow. It was so wild. (laughs) And and, I mean, we, nothing was working out um, and we lost a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And during that season, and I remember I was on the phone with somebody just sharing with her what I was feeling during that time. And she was like, "I'll, I'll pray for you, Faith. And I got angry. At that moment, like, even though she was so well-meaning and it was the right thing to say, but I was just angry because I was thinking, I don't need 
prayer. I, and, and this was just my honest feeling at that time. I was thinking, well, I don't, I need a paycheck. I need things to work out. I want other things. I don't want, like, I get God loves me. I get he's with me, but I need something more than God. And that was just my honest feeling. I feel like painful situations really reveal what we actually think about God. And man, that was very challenging for me because I thought I had great faith and it was situations like that, um, that really challenged my faith and showed me where the weak cracks in the foundation actually were. Um, when I look back, I mean, I could say a lot of, well, thank God this happened this way, or thank God that happened that way. Um, But in that time of great loss, I remember thinking while I was enduring it, while I was in it, thinking nothing's going to make this worth it. Mm. I remember saying that to God because great pain will do that to us. Yeah, Like nothing's going to, like you can't really do anything to this. That'll make me say, oh, that was worth it, God, right? Yeah. Um, I could say, oh, the, you know, I got a better community, better friendships, better ministry opportunity. I, I could totally go down that road. But honestly, when it comes down to it, what I gained from that season and what actually did change my tune, because now in 2023, I do thank God for what happened in 2020. Um, It's that he revealed himself to me. I have discovered a weight in his presence that was heavier than the pain. Mm. I have discovered a peace that was stronger than the disappointments. He, I thought he was rejecting me when actually he was revealing himself to me. I, if all that I got out of 2020, if all that I got was um, better um, things, better relationships, upgrades in who I am and self-improvement, I don't think it would have been worth it at Mm -hmm. all. But what I did get was a deeper revelation of who he was. Mm -hmm. And I know him like I've never known him before. And in my spirit, I could say that that has been worth it. And so when I say that if the pursuit of your life is to know him, then every season of your life will have significance. What I say, why I say that is, In pain, you will know the healer. In sorrow, you will know his peace. In loss and in lack, you will know his provision. In your mistakes, you will know his grace. The only way every significance, no, every, the only way every season of our lives will have significance is if the pursuit of our lives is to know him intimately, authentically, and passionately. (sighs) (laughs) My goodness, you had me at the weight. His presence is heavier than the pain. Mm. I have found that to be true so often as well. And my goodness, Mm. that, that is a weight that 
will just carry you through. It's a weight that you can remember that he is with you. It's a weight that you can just place all of your trust and all of your energy on and all of your strength in because it's heavier. It's heavier. That is so, so good. So helpful. So rich. My goodness. Y'all, I can just take a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Play some music if I have any licensing rights. (laughs) all right so we got to get back to these questions okay all right so you talk about this this weight you talk about this significance i want to ask does the wilderness ever dictate that we stop does the wilderness ever dictate that we stop doing what we feel called to do that we um that we have felt him just leading us to do because you know, in those seasons of wilderness, it can just make us question, are you with me? Is this what you said? And then when others start to question it because of what they see you going through, it can become even more defeating. Did you hear? Did you hear? Selah, a study of First and Second Samuel, the study that I have written is now available. <laughs> I am so excited to get this into your hands, but I want you to know that we're not only going to study the scriptures, but we're going to pray together as well. This study includes six video sessions and 30 guided prayers to help us settle into worship. When you visit Amazon, you can find it there, but you can also grab it at livedooly.com slash Selah. And when you go to that webpage, you will find a freebie as well. If you've ever been interested in learning about when King David composed the Psalms and what was going on in his life at the time, I have compiled a little resource for you to really learn more about that in comparison with First and Second Samuel. Together, it's my prayer that these resources help us enjoy scripture even more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is um why our understanding of God's presence is so significant because I think sometimes we equate him being with us to us succeeding, Mm. to Mm -hmm. us doing well, to us thriving, to us, you know, we, we, in a way, like we feel like that's the proof that he is with us when actually it, it, I mean, there's a lot of promises with his presence like that. There's no denying that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. got to abide in him and you'll do great things. And but it never said that it'll be done our way. It never said that it'll be done to prove anyone wrong or to right. or to um, make it on brand for how we wish to be seen and perceived. And it never said it never said any of those things. And when it comes to um, what we do in the wilderness. I would say one of the beauties of being in the wilderness is it really makes you depend on the voice of God. It really makes you step by step dependent on what he says. So in regards to that question, do I just keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing or do I change courses? Do I change plans? My question to that is, well, what did the Lord say? Mm-hmm. I ask that all the time. And it's astounding how many would respond, well, I don't even think to ask him of that, you know, but it says in the book of James that he wants us to ask him for wisdom 
and he yeah. will give it without grudge, without any grudges. You know, he will, yeah. he will give it generously to us. Um, it's interesting how we make it our last resort to ask him for his opinion. But I would say anyone that lives according to the word of God, the voice of God, his path, will, his or her path will be made straight. I'm reminded of the time when Peter was um, fishing all night. And then when Jesus says, oh, Peter, cast your net to the other side. What did Peter say? Well, that, you know, my paraphrase, that makes no sense, Jesus. Right. But at your word, I will do it. At your word is the key there. And then what happens? He starts to bear much fruit. What was the difference? The net didn't change. The boat didn't change. The water didn't change. Peter didn't even change. But the only difference was that there was space and an invitation for Jesus to speak. And when he spoke, there was a direction towards fruitfulness. There was a direction towards a narrow path. So the reason why practicing God's presence in the wilderness during times of pain, during times of loss is so important is because it allows us to make space for God's word. I think as humans, we love formulas. We want a formula. We want the bloggers, the influencers to tell us what is the key, what is the formula to that amazing life, to losing 20 pounds, to being gluten-free, to have that glowing skin, right? But God doesn't dish out formulas. There wasn't one way that he healed. There wasn't one way that he did things. Why? Because we're not supposed to lean on formulas. We're supposed to lean on his word, right? And so when we walk through the wilderness and when we depend on his voice, God, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Jesus, what, what should I do left or right? Mm -hmm. Jesus, what, what choices should I make? And you know what? Even if we get it wrong, sometimes I believe there is grace. I really do. And over time, we'll start to know how to get it right at a higher percentage, right? But as we live according to his word, we make space for his miracles. We make space for the right choices. We make space to live a life that bears his fruit and not fruit born from my own striving. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. Make spaces, make room. If you have to turn off that TV, if you have to turn down that sermon, just make space to hear from him. My goodness. <sighs> this has been such a rich time. I could just ask so many more questions. But the last question I have on this subject in particular is what words of wisdom can you share with us about what it means to worship in the wilderness, on the mountaintop, in the promised land? What have you learned about worship? Wow. Um, well, worship incorporates Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Psalm 100 verse four says, enter into his courts with Thanksgiving. I used to think that Thanksgiving praise and worship was almost naive during times of pain. Cause I thought it was just simply ignoring what's wrong with our lives. Um, until I realized that what it actually was, it was choosing to be aware of his presence more than we're aware of every lack, every disappointment, and every loss. It is choosing to recognize the fingerprints of God all over our lives. And so when we praise him, when we thank him, we are fixating and gazing our eyes on who he is, what he is doing, 
and what he has done. We are turning on our senses to him being there with us. We are acknowledging him. We are accessing him. And so although we may not feel like doing it, and although sometimes it may feel like it's doing absolutely nothing, you are shaking things in the spirit realm when you are worshiping. You are casting out evil when you are worshiping. You are inviting God to move on your behalf when you are worshiping. I mean, the tribe of Judah was always the first tribe to go into warfare, but Judah means praise, you know, and warfare and praise coincided in the Old Testament. And so in that time of wilderness, when you feel like you're losing, you, we got to fight in the spirit realm. Right. And so when we choose to lift up a song, when we choose to give thanks, when we choose to recognize him, even though you do it with whispers, even if you do it while you're trembling, you are warfaring in the spirit and it is changing the course of redemptive history, not only in your life, but in the world, truly. Like we sometimes forget that all these crazy Bible stories in the Bible are based on like one person that chose to make these choices, these tough choices that probably didn't come with background music and an altar call, right? But they they changed the world with their yes in the darkness. And so our yes in the darkness also shifts redemptive history, also brings on change into the world. Mm. Oh, sis, whisper if you need to, but worship through that thing because it is changing the course of history. It is redemptive in nature as the Lord comes to your rescue. And my goodness, my goodness, that, that is a way to go out of season six. Faith, Yuri, choke. <laughs> I could cry. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the words that you have prayed over, for the message that you have shared with us, uh, one that I know that the Lord has pressed out of your life. I know that our sisters listening in today are encouraged. And sis, whenever you need to play this back, because we'll see you back in February, but whenever you need to play this back, just go on and hit rewind. My goodness, your presence has been a gift to us today. Would you tell everybody where they can find you, how they can get connected to? I already know y'all. I already know y'all. Y'all have already been in the description following her in every way. (laughs) But Faith, can you please tell us where we can get connected to you? Absolutely. They could find me on Instagram at Faith Yuri Cho. My website is www.faithyuricho.com. That's also where all the links are to my book. Uh, My book, Experiencing Friendship with God, uh, can also be found on Amazon and every book retailer out there. And yeah, that's how they could find me. Beautiful, beautiful. Y'all, I haven't given away any books this season, so let's make that happen. I have a copy to get to you. Go on and leave a review, tag us on Instagram, do whatever you prefer so that I can get a couple of books to y'all because this is a message, my goodness, that we need in our world. And I believe it's going to bless your hearts. Can we ask you a couple of secrets before you head out? Absolutely. 
Okay. First one is in this fast paced culture, what on earth are you doing to slow down? What rhythms are you incorporating into your schedule or affirmations are you including on your walls just to help you remember, <laughs> slow down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am like the last person to offer some sort of like, I do this routine or that routine. Um, hence, I'm not an influencer <laughs> by any means. <laughs> um, however, I do love... I know this sounds silly and I don't know if this is the niche to talk about it, but it's, I do love to guasha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Cause it makes you just sit still and like, um, just, you know, I mean, it's a little bit of self-care every night and it's, um, I, I just like to deep bloat. So I do some guasha stuff like on my face, on my body. And it's just, um, it's just like a nice way to unwind. That's for sure. Um, I mean, I'm a mom of four and I have two dogs. And so uh, it has to be something where it's like at the end of the day after your shower. And so that's usually how uh, I just kind of slow down and reflect, meditate, pray. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I had a moment this past summer where I was like, sis, you got to get this facial care together. You got to start slowing down and taking <laughs> care of yourself. And I started that in my routine, yeah, but I, I still need to practice I, I because I'd be rushing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question is, what are you doing on a day off? Sky's the limit. What are some of the things you would schedule in on a day off? Oh, on a day off, honestly, hmm. if it's not staying in bed, I, I mean, I love being just in bed, rolling around and just doing nothing. <laughs> it's like truly the dream. Um, but if it's not that, I love um, just walking around in New York City and just, I don't know, just wandering. Um, I love wandering. I love just walking around and eating what I want to eat and going into stores, eye shopping, doing whatever. Um, so that's that's what I would do. Awesome. Awesome. And what has been bringing a smile to your face lately? Wow. What has been bringing a smile to my face lately? Um, it's a good question. I mean, a number of things, I, honestly, and this may sound pretty cliche, but I just love my dogs. I really do. They, they bring so much joy into my house. I have two. Um, and they truly like, they make us laugh. They wake us up. They, they're there when we cry. They're there when we're scared. I mean, and I just love the way that kids are with them. So, I mean, we just, we're a huge dog family. So we, we just love our dogs. I love that. I love that so much. I'm a dog mommy too. And so I, I have all of those feels. Love that. Uh, would you pray us out as we prepare to close? Absolutely. It'd be my honor. Lord Jesus, I just lift up every listener right now. And Holy Spirit, may you just capture our hearts. And where there is no peace, I just pray that you create it. Where there is no confidence, I just pray that you create it. And where there is no passion and love for you, God, I pray that you stir up our hearts and give us the grace to love you deeply. Give us the grace to love you more. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, help us to be aware of your presence. Help us to be aware 
of your goodness more than we are aware of this world. May we always be able to look to you in every situation for you are with us all the days of our lives. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Mm, that conversation was good for my soul. I pray that you can say the same. If there's anything that resonated with your heart, which please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible and leave a rating and review. It will truly bless this podcast more than you know. Now, in the meantime, I am on Instagram at Candid Live, and it would be an honor to connect with you there. Talk to you soon. Love you.